Hello and welcome to BZ Listening. I'm your host, BZ Douglas, and today uh, the intro is going to be real short and sweet. We're getting into part two of my interview with Phil Fairbanks, where we just riff on all the things we are excited to be talking about in the new podcast I will be launching in a couple of weeks called Walking the Wire. We'll be doing a deep dive into David Simon's groundbreaking series, The Wire. Uh, We're coming at it with a lot of affection for the craft, but a lot of criticisms about what is and isn't said in the series, like the story of it and how it's told and the perspectives of law enforcement um, it's, it's really, so far we've recorded four episodes and I can't even verbalize how excited I am to bring it to you. So, uh, the, maybe the best way to get some, some hype about what the show is going to be is probably just to let this interview run where Phil and I get really excited about the show to come. Uh, this Friday at 9 PM Eastern, Phil will be joining me for a live stream Q and A. You can find links to that in the description. We'll be on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter spaces. So I would love to uh, hear from some of you listeners out there uh, who have taken in uh, my interview with Phil and maybe even read some of his book, which is available to Patreon and Substack subscribers. So without further ado, here is part two of my interview with Philip Fairbanks. Thanks for listening. Let's talk about what we want to talk about in uh, my first spinoff podcast, which will be uh, Walking the Wire, uh, just somehow came up organically. Uh, Yeah, he was on the first first call, right? Like we mentioned The Wire, and then we just spent like about 45 minutes talking about The Wire. And then it's like, like, what's so crazy about the whole thing is it was like, uh, it was like a gong. You know what I mean? Like we start talking about the wire gong. It was two days later when I was like, dude, this is going to be freaking huge. This is going to be fun. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. We're going to get great guests. And, and sure enough, like I said, in the intervening time, you know, uh, both of us have got a few folks that, that, that are interested in being on the show. I do think we're going to have some amazing conversations because it is, it is like, you know, um, it's it's a tv show it's it's you could call it a police procedural you know what i mean um the way i think of it is um it's it's a show about systemic corruption corruption posing as a police procedural you know which i think is fitting because you know we're making a podcast posing as like just a fan you know, like fans of the wire going through. And it is also that, you know, the wire is a police procedural, but really uh, what, what, what I hope for, you know, the, the, the podcast and our convos to be, it's about, it's about that corruption. It's about, you know, uh, uh, what people are up against. And hopefully, like I said, uh, fingers crossed, we can get, cause you know, for me, one of the things that makes the wire interesting is like, you know, you get you get a, a zoom in on all these different worlds, you know, these different lifestyles, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and you see how, you know, like what, what it's like for those people involved. You get like kind of a, a an intimate view of that. And so, like, hopefully, like I said, we can find some folks from from these various worlds to give their uh, uh, their opinion as well. I think the the gong went off for me when um, 
because we were just sort of, you know, getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And there was, a, oh, by the way, have you watched this? Have you watched that? And when The Wire came up, uh, my brain just immediately started thinking, you know what? I need to rewatch that as someone who was a fan of it. I discovered it, um, uh, you know, randomly. I was just like, well, there was nothing else on. I'll check this out. I think the first time I tried to watch it, it was like, I this looks slow and it's another cop show, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I realized what a slow burn it was, um, that really actually attracted me as I was like, you know, really like someone who was primed and, and all in on like the prestige TV thing with the Sopranos mm -hmm. and right. And yeah, exactly. Like Cause it really is but, like the Sopranos and the wire, like are the godfathers of Sicario mm -hmm. and breaking bad and everything that came after, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, without the Sopranos and the wire, like none of that stuff would exist. Like honestly, and and I think I think what drew me in initially was there was the craft of it, but there was certainly um, the authenticity that mm -hmm. rang from you know how it was written, and then finding out that like oh this was uh, an actual journalist and yeah, um, and based a former on a police officer of and public school teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of that like drew me into it and the way it like, you know, it, it approached topics and I've, and I've come back to it over the years. Um, but now to like come back at it again and, and look at it. Hey, it's just like in general, if you're watching something because like, well, I'm going to set myself up for, I have to talk about it for an hour. You just watch it differently, but mm -hmm. then be how things land now that I'm taking a much closer look, you know, I'm walking in the shoes of a journalist, you know, and getting exactly. more like, okay, yeah, I, I, I am a journalist. I'm, you know, throwing off whatever imposter syndrome there would be. Yep. There still is, you know, after closing in on two years. Dude, of doing yeah. When, when, when the lawyers work. try and get you to pull true stories, you're journalists. Okay. That guy at CNN, Brian Stetler, not a journalist. You, you're a journalist, okay? <laughs> Brian Stetler is a TV anchor, okay? You're a journalist. That's a difference, okay? So, um, and yeah, I think I, I, it, it's going to be, I don't want to get into anything of like, because we, we're planning to do the first episode and I'm totally in agreement with you. I'm like, what I'm excited for is to, cast that net out there for interesting guests mm -hmm. with insights who are familiar with the show or willing to come in cold. Um, there could be episodes where, you know, that's fine. And it might be, that might be an interesting experience for somebody just be like, drop in, see what's happening. And like, like, yeah. can you follow this if you're like, <laughs> but um, thinking about, you know, the reality of, of police and prosecutors and this and that, and, Certainly getting into what you've already started doing some of the work, pulling up um, David Simon's original reporting oh, from Baltimore. Wow. That was, you want to talk and, about you know, some of the things you found in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, uh, I knew a little bit of the background of The Wire. Um, I, I, came, I came across The Wire after hearing about it for years. It was kind of like with Breaking Bad. I'd heard about it for years. But it's TV, so it can't be good, right? You know, like that's that was my thought. Was like a TV show good? There's no such thing, right? Like I, I like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but that's a comedy. That's different. Like it's not a TV drama. You don't do drama on TV. TV drama is boring and stupid. So you know, uh, but yeah, I got into uh, Breaking Bad like around the time that the last season was coming up, and then finally, like everybody I know 
and people I really trust their opinion are like, no, dude, it's it's the best TV show ever. You got to see it. And so then 2016 or 2017, I was living in Burbank uh, for for about a half a year, six or seven months. And, you know, oh, it's so cool, man. Like because like you go to a little junk shop or a pawn shop and you find DVDs that say for your consideration. <laughs> You know, somebody gave this to a member, like, you know, the screeners, and then the guy, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like a member of the Academy of, of I've got family. I got a family member that's in SAG and she, every now and then in the holidays, she'll just drop off. Like, here's a whole bunch of things that are, I, I'm exactly. getting around Oscar. Like, I mean, it's one thing to get like a cheap DVD box set, but like that little four year consideration on there, that, that just makes it a little more special. But yeah, no, like I got that box set. I started watching it. You know, I was just like, okay, I've heard of this forever. Um, Breaking Bad was good. Maybe this will be good. And no, seriously, I was just like hooked from the start. You know, in the in the last uh, uh, interview, in part one, we talk about you know the the deep state book that I was working on, uh, deep state uh, penetrating the veils of the unelected shadow government. Uh, still very much uh, in rough draft format for right now. I wouldn't even call like the last few chapters aren't even rough draft. It's just sentence fragments, you know, sprawled across the page. Um, but when I was finishing that book or trying to finish that book in 2019, um, I, I rewatched The Wire. Like, because for me, like, when it comes to that, like, backroom deals, you know, uh, smoke-filled rooms, um, political machines, uh, you know, like thinking Tammany Hall in the 1890s and how really nothing's changed, you know, uh, boss tweed type stuff. Like that's that's what gets me about The Wire because it's it gives you that world. It, it like takes you right into it. And, and I do wonder if like I feel like David Simon probably, you know, there's probably a lot he knows that he can't say that he knows, like that's way out. That's what I want to believe. That's what I'm choosing to believe is that there's a lot that he knows or believes that you can't just say, you know. And and for me, like I I do the same thing. I've got like you know uh, a pseudonym or two. I've got some fiction that I've I've worked on where it's like, okay, I cannot prove that at all, but we could call it fiction, right? So, you know, well, and I think I don't know if that's and, what David Simon was like doing with The Wire is, you know, because I know another uh, um, author who I hope to have on the show, Tim Tolka, mm. and he's told me he's got stories of like, you know, sources who've told him things that he has to like sit on that like, you know, but that are explosive. And, yeah. you know, we've and, and other aspects of stories. He's like, well, I could never suss this out, whatever. And it's like um, and I said to him. um, like, I wonder if this is, you know, that's sort of like a double entendre in the the cliche, write what you know. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to write a novel. Right. Yeah. Like a, yeah. You know, right. Write what you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't like, you know, like, oh, it doesn't just mean like, oh, well, you've you've worked in malls and coffee shops. Well, then that's what you are, are qualified to write about. It's like, well, like you you know some shit you like over the years stuff. yeah yeah as a journalist but you can't I feel put like it David into like Simon a story definitely knows some stuff though because like i said the, and this, the stuff I, wanna, about the, I think the, here would be a good place too or somewhere like i would i would love to drop in the bit where he's talking that that, that clip you sent me um where he was talking about sort of like um the extremes and how many people see uh how the wire was a real uh you know like 
reflector of one's own values. Like libertarians were coming at him thinking it, it reinforced what they believed. And yeah, then, right. uh, the, and then, um, liberals were coming and saying the thing, same thing too. He doesn't really ad- address, you know, like, so, like, you know, anarchists or anti-status or yeah. Communists, he said, would say like, Oh, it's, it's affirming what I think about that. And that, that is a real fascinating reason to, um, look at look at the this series is too is that like there's there's the whole thing of like what david simon's worldview is and and where you know i know i've you know i've seen like takes he's had that i'm like ah i'm not wild about that but <laughs> right um I, ultimately too i think this is you know with your work um you work on like the top level sort of like these conspiracy things that uh, that reverberate out and trickle into local communities. And there's all sorts mm-hmm. of local tragedies that are at the, the tail end of these stories. And I got into journalism kind of like having an ear to like what's happening locally and learning about, and then not without even really trying like people finding me and reaching out to me. Yeah. Um, and, and then having these stories that are all, you know, every wrongful conviction um, to like, the, you know, to an extent, like there's some sort of conspiracy involved, willful or not. Yeah, like a conspiracy exactly. to Just yeah. protect the system and not even try to believe when someone's saying that they're they've been wronged. Mm-hmm. And so we're both trying to reach the normies and a wider audience, you know, like uh, and, and, and I think this that's the thing that once we started talking about doing this, I, that was a real appeal to it too. It's like, you know, come for the wire, but maybe stay for like larger, larger criticisms <laughs> exactly. that, that right. bubble out from, from the work we're doing. Right. Because you know, like, like I said, I, th- I think it, uh, it will be like a really good jumping off point for a lot of stuff. I noticed, like, like I said, uh, uh, I'm doing like the first, you know, I think you said you're doing pretty much the same. The first, run through i just watch it you know no notes because you can't take notes and take notice (laughs) while watching a tv show or a movie you know like you can eat you're either focused and immersed or you're halfway between your notepad and your uh you know and your keyboard and whatever you know uh but yeah, no, like uh, going back through it, I'm I'm almost halfway through season two on the first view and through season one as far as the second view and write up. But but yeah, there's just so much that like I think you know uh, both of both of us tend to have like our digressions and our tangents, which I think you know I, I think can work in our favor here uh, for sure because there's just so much like ripe jumping off point from the wire, you know, where like the, here, this is talking about like, and, and like there was one episode where, you know, uh, I think at one point, like going to have to find a way to, to wedge in the, uh, uh, I call it the sugar Hill, uh, the sugar Hill gang conspiracy for, for lack of a better term, but like, you know, uh, something I haven't really heard other people mention before, but that I've always wondered about, like, you know, the hip hop from like the late seventies, the early eighties, Hip hop was really positive, had a positive message. You know, it was about bettering yourself, uh, being good for your community. It was it was a lot of it was anti-drug, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the message. You know what I mean? Like it was like it was gritty and it was real, but it was positive. It had a positive message. And then 
Sugar Hill Records, uh, you know, they got their their whole catalog stolen. It was a distribution deal they signed. No, it wasn't. You just got robbed. They literally got robbed. And then the very next year, Yo MTV Raps introduces the world. You know, all of a sudden we got gangster rap and it's all about consumerism and it's all about go be a drug dealer for the CIA. I'm I'm just saying the CIA <laughs> makes money on coke. So, you know, I mean, and we got the for-profit prison industry. I'm not saying that was done on purpose or like, you know, somebody had a, no, I'm just saying that's how it works though. You know, it does work to the favor of the people who run for-profit prisons. It does work to the favor of the cocaine importation agency, the CIA, you know? So whether it's, whether it's this grand conspiracy where one guy tells another guy tells another guy or whether it's just like, like I said, with the Amy Robach thing and Epstein and ABC, whether it's now that's just how business is done. We know better than that. We're, we're not going to lose our spot at the royal wedding. Come on. We don't do that story, you know? So, like, uh, I think a lot of times it, it doesn't have to be like a big grand conspiracy. It's just that's just the way things go. And we do see, though, um, the mechanics of conspiracy are baked right into the they're just there in the bones of the wire mm-hmm. chain of command. Yeah. You know, like, why does a case get set into motion? Because this person of authority decides and why does it get office politics um, and personal yeah. politics and and, mm-hmm. you know, uh it, it's 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 little things it's mundane things like i said sometimes it's as mundane as some councilman gossiping around a barbecue you know like i know that's how business gets done in my tiny rural town you know i knew a guy who was a uh you know a city councilman for uh you know for one term uh he wasn't reelected because he wasn't part of the good old boy network he was trying to fight the good old boy network and doesn't matter how many people like you. If in McMinnville you're against the good old boy network, you won't accidentally get elected twice. You know, uh, we let you in. We found out you don't know how to play ball. You know, that's another thing like the the game. You know, that's that's a metaphor that we hear come up over and over again, which like makes me think of like game theory and modeling and how like, you know, uh, whether it's war or business, or strategy, or whatever, you know, things can be modeled as a game, um, you know, uh, puzzles are games, and, and how, like, the cops, whether it's the cops, or the, the, the press, you know, they're working on a puzzle, they're solving a mystery, you know, um, you know, which is a type of game, or, or, you know, you can model it, uh, or, and or well, and, and even worse, the game. I think when police, decide they know what the picture is and just wedge the pieces to yeah make it make it into like what they believe the picture and and it's not about it's not about solving systemic issues it's about dope on the table photo ops good press coverage stats like you know oh innocent lives well that we don't have a spot on our uh no i'm checking uh no no we don't mark stats for innocent lives better that's not that doesn't go into the uh, rubric that doesn't go into the algorithm to you know uh, and, and and that I think like just seeing that um, like makes a lot of stuff make sense in a way you know the fact that yeah. like even if you did want to do the good the right thing even if you did try to do you know do a good job then 
like you know the uh what was it wrestling with the angels that that's the line that uh that, that freeman uses at one point you know the everybody that you can go to to get help in the wire you know whoever you are whether you're daniels mcnulty or whoever whoever you're going to they've got a career and they're maybe trying to advance it or if not advance it at least not end up you know like completely like with no career anymore put it to you that way you know because when well, you have that pillar and you have that resistance on the the side of the police and mm-hmm. then you also have the those levels of resistance in the side of the prosecutors mm-hmm. and and too just that the prosecutor just like well this is what my boss says we're going after exactly. and you'll see that you know like teasing out things we'll talk about in the first episode you know you you see that in the the fbi talking about how like oh we're not doing drug cases now right. it's all about terrorism because this the show takes place like you know in like what the year after 9-11 exactly yeah yeah early Bush um, so it's right there it's right there right in the like you know the the birth of the the, the post 9-11 world so it's it's definitely a fascinating show to revisit on that front Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 whole Bush era uh, part of you know I recently like before I'd restarted the Wire I actually watched a few uh, seasons like the first three or four or five seasons starting last year of Dexter. Uh, you know, speaking of like uh, Bush era, like and, and Dexter is very different uh, than the Wire. Obviously, um, it's it's closer to. Like even though like the 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 antihero slash hero is a cop uh, who's also a serial killer, but it's still basically a typical propaganda show, you know. And you can tell it's very much a product of that Bush era. Like I remember when that came out and saw, and I was like, "Oh, I get it." Like, oh, we're torturing, but we're the good guys, right? Like that's that's what so, that's what well, I'm seeing. Like, no, you know Abu Dexter- Ghraib. Abu Grave was okay. Makes me think, <laughs> it also makes me think of like um, it, one of the people that you know I've stumbled across in 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 my work is because um, he was training local police departments. Here is uh, <clears throat> Colonel uh, David uh, Grossman, who is the killology. Uh, he's he coined that term. He's a killology uh, expert. And police and well, his program started out for military and then police would go to it. And if you've ever heard a uh, rhetoric about like sheep dogs, you know, like in warrior, the warrior mentality in police, yeah. that's all comes from David Grossman. Oh, okay. But, you know, he would basically kind of like it, I've, I've taken in like his three hour presentation, like two different incarnations of it, like decades apart to see how it's what it is and what it's evolved through. And he really kind of nudges you towards saying like, like, like puts out like the word to people like, look, if you're, you're kind of a psychopathic person who likes violence, like we have a place for you in the police. We need those people, you know? And I feel like that kind of like with Dexter, it's sort of just Mm -hmm. like, sometimes, you know, we need to unleash those, you know, what if we could harness psychopaths for good? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's putting that idea out there. What if we got evil to work for the good guys team? No, that's not how this works at all. Um, you know, th- that's another thing that I think that uh, we definitely that definitely resonated with both of us. Like the the term you, the term you used uh, about 
the means are the end, uh, you know, because like if if you become the bad guy so that the good guys win, then the good guys didn't win. <laughs> the bad guys just changed sides. You know, that's that's yeah. that's the way I look at it. You know, if uh, you know, well, you know, uh, it's it's the same kind of like like the same kind of idea with the lesser of two evils. It's like, no. No, once we start, you know, uh, sacrificing uh, values and integrity, uh, well, it's just this little, it's just this one case. It's just this one little, no, no, that's, that is not how that works. Once, once you've, uh, you know, signed that Faustian bargain, I don't, I don't think you necessarily are able to lease your soul back necessarily, you know? And to what degree is like the wire, you know, it, it has elements that I guess would be our copaganda in you know it does whatever humanize yeah yeah it does like, humanize cops it shows like there are good cops who are like but then it shows like they're wrecks of human beings like yeah. they they drink yeah. too much and things like that like but they're they're good at being cops and, and they sometimes ever, they like, they are in it for the right reasons but then also you'll see them beat down on suspects and it's like you know that's something you like when is the last time you watched law and order and one of the main characters or multiple main characters are like beating up a suspect in an interrogation like room. Like it doesn't happen because the well, good, because the main characters are all the good guys on law and order, you know? So, and the good guys don't I do think, that. It's black and white. There's the bad guys and there's the good guys and it's two teams, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as black even, and white in the wire. It doesn't, well, it, it doesn't even point out, to me, like some of like the worst behavior you'll see, which is there are, you know, there are, the wire focuses on, you know, and it, for anyone who hasn't watched the show, you know, like go ahead and like, we're going to release, I think I want to release an episode every two weeks. So if you don't have time to binge it, you can just get the first one in, right? you know, but uh, you know, the wire follows this uh, detail. It's that, that focuses on doing a big case um, but what you get glimpses of is the day to day of the precinct that the main characters occupy, like McNulty or whatever, the, the cops in that are all very, just like, is there going to be overtime, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 or like, what do I have to do? Oh, there's a red name on the board. Shoot. Like, you know, our clearance is down and that's uh -huh. bad for my career, um, and there, it's almost like you know the the de the detachment from, you know, solving crimes and like what the wire does focus on. And I don't know how much this can get lost on the viewer or not. Is like, well, these are the cops that are like brought together. Like one or two of them, like really give a shit, and two or three, um, their hearts are in the right place, and they're luckily brought along. And then there's some that are just like yeah. there for the overtime and they don't yeah. care and they're going to do it, whatever, you know, whatever way they feel like it, but they, you know, they see it ultimately as a hassle that they have to give an extra fuck for McNulty's right. case. Yeah. Uh -huh. But, you know, it's sort of, you know, interesting to think about like everyone that's, we don't see in this story of the wire in Baltimore, like, you know, just what is, what is Rawls department like? when this feet went before McNulty fucked everything up with this, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, Rawls, like there, there's characters I like, and then there's characters I hate and love, 
But like Rawls, definitely like like I like McNulty. I like Daniels. I like them. They're, they're you know I I I love I love Bubbles and Omar. I love them. You know, uh, but like Rawls, I can't stand him. I love him. I love the character. I love to hate him. You know, because he really is. He's just an absolute asshole. You know, but like you know, uh, I don't know. Like. Uh, and, 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 you know, there are elements of like the the classic uh, cop media trope, you know, oh, you maverick, <laughs> you know, you don't, you know, you know how things are done in this department. You know, like there is some of that, like with McNulty and everything. It it almost like I don't know, uh, it's it's not quite like played satirically, but like like it is not. It's very much like you could almost like if you didn't know what you were getting into, you might think you're about to watch Lethal Weapon when you see McNulty coming in and, and trying to shake things up. But it's not. It's not like the, oh, you know, the, and then the chief gets, you guys have screwed this up again. And, you know, you can't be such a wild, uh, you know, it, like it's it, it's not that. It's not the typical cop show. But uh, like I said, that's that's really the charm of it. Is that it, it really does do a good job? It's 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 an undercover cop show, uh, like not just about cops undercover, but like it's undercover about cops, you know? Because uh, right. yeah, like I said, I think uh, you know, I, I can't I can't think of another TV show before it uh, where you know cops that are portrayed as generally good. Like even the generally good cops will beat down on a dude, you know, like that's something like you, I had never seen that before in any cop media, in any cop movie, you know, I mean, at least I take that back, at least played like that. I mean, yeah. in lethal weapon, you know, Oh, what is it? The, the South Africans is like your diplomatic immunity has been revoked, you know, like, yeah, sure. That's, that is a crazy cop shooting an ambassador which is like and we're supposed to cheer for that but like you know when we see a cop beat someone in the wire like beat a kid you know blind a kid maybe uh you know we aren't cheering for them you know we're not like woo you know that kid should be in high school but he's in a bad situation forced to sell drugs and now he's going to be blind yeah go cops you know but you know um it, it, but at the same time like i said it does you still i think that's another beautiful thing about the writing is like some of these characters should be irredeemable you know like if you kill a kid or blind a kid, if you're a, a dirty cop or whatever, or let's say you're a, a, a snitching junkie, you know, like these are not traditionally redeemable characters. So, you know, it's definitely, definitely a credit to David Simon and the rest of the writers team that they were able to take some of these characters. And like you do see, you know, warts and all, you see him the good and the bad. And you can still kind of like feel for them and understand them. And you're like, you get where they're coming from. Even when it's like, like you don't want to get where somebody who, you know, is involved in a criminal enterprise that involves killing kids. You don't want to understand that. You know, you don't want to understand mm -hmm. what, why would a cop like, you know, just beat an innocent person, you know, but it does like, you know, the, the point of view, uh, like it's, it's, it's genius with the point of view the, the, and the dialogue, 
it may not be Mamey, but like, like here's here's Mamey and Sam Shepard, and here's David Simon. You know what I mean? Like it is right. Like oh, I haven't you know, I haven't heard Mamet I haven't heard Mamet called Mamey before. Oh my gosh, is it Mamet? It's WB Yates. It's Mamet. It's it definitely Mamet. This whole time. <laughs> That is the I'm second time I've been about doing it. an interview, and I realized that a name like here I am. I'm going to turn forty this year. Uh, Mammoth, <laughs> Mammoth. It's definitely Mammoth. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, but yeah. Well, and and so it, The Wire too. It's one of the it's one of the first shows that, as much as like it sat and you know the the lives of the police officers were as much a part of the story but not in a soap opera way right. like it yeah, was like yeah. it it was always like like you know peeling back the 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 onion of of a character through the case and what their personal life sort of was and everyone had something different going on beyond the case it, you know it feels like and everybody did the same the thing with they well they they what's great is that they did the they do that with the police officers and they do that with um the 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 criminals in this right show. yeah it, anybody who's trying to be like the stereotypical best at whatever position like it ruins them <laughs> like you know like anybody who is trying to be like the best corner boy the best cop the best you know criminal mastermind it's going to ruin your life it doesn't matter if you're the good guys or the bad guys or if you're if you've got a conscience or not. And in fact, uh, that's another thing that you see over and over again. We're like having a conscience, trying to be good. Doesn't matter if uh, like what team you're on, like that can be a liability. Like whether you're whether you're the, the cops or robbers side, uh, you know, having having a heart, having a conscience is is a liability sometimes uh I, I would say that's probably the case just that's just the way real life works unfortunately you know well and the um, work that happens in in the wire is you know someone you know is you know when one character pushes too far with their conscience stands up like i'm gonna do the right thing well then you see them busted down to mm-hmm. a really like low role um you know like punished like that way I don't think the wire ever gets, um, you know, and this is probably something that'd be a running thing we can bring up with that'll come up with um, scenarios that are in the wire is like, where, where doesn't it go? It doesn't go at any point that I can recall anywhere where like, Oh, a police officer, someone's going to turn something in on, on the police officer side. And they, they retaliate against that person. Um, You know, like we're seeing now with the USA today is having just banger coverage on uh, rolling coverage of, what happens to police whistleblowers who try to come forward about uh, wrongdoing in their department. Right. And if there's one area where like this, you know, I, I, I would like to bring into focus with the wire and, and, you know, as much as David Simon says, it's a, I don't know if he said it's a love letter to Baltimore. It's a moment. It's he, I think he wants to be an honest letter to Baltimore, like right. what it all is, but um, it be, it's important to probably look at like, what that city really um, is that that wasn't shown in this show, as far as like you know how the police behave more on that ground level that we do not see following this detail. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and like that's. But we do when we look at like like the the in third season, like they talk about the squads that just roll out and snatch people. They do get into that more Mm -hmm. in later seasons, but well, like um, like little Melvin, the character, uh, uh, the 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 guy that's you know he's like a, a former former criminal who's reformed and become like a preacher or something, and like that he's played by little Melvin, who is one of the characters from the story. That like, you know, Avon Barksdale is actually Nathan Barksdale, who worked for Little Melvin, who is the character who plays, you know, like that's that's another one of the really cool things about this show is where it starts to get like really meta there, you know, because like this is literally the guy. And and yes, you know, if you, if you read uh, Anatomy, what is it? Anatomy of a Criminal Empire, uh, which is the the you know, the series by David Simon that that The Wire is loosely based on um, Little Melvin was likely set up by the cops. They couldn't bust him. He was the biggest heroin dealer, and it was an ultra-violent empire, too. You know, he was no hero. Uh, not at all. But because they couldn't bust him, they're like, okay, we'll just set him up, <laughs> you know? And, like, David Simon writes about how, like, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's quite like... Because, like, like, you know, the Barksdale criminal empire, they were not dumb. They were smart. They they dotted their I's and crossed their T's. They were very careful. They knew how the cops work, how the cops have to work. They knew how to get around it. And so the cops finally were like, oh, fooey on this. We'll wait until the guy leaves. Then we'll pull him over. And then we'll find some heroin. <laughs> you know, and that's that's how they got little Melvin, you know. Uh, or, well, like, like I said, it, uh, I think the quote was something about how, like, well, you know, Baltimore cops at that time were pretty bad themselves. There's like a kind of a, a, a lot, you know, it's, it's not, it's not confirmed either which way in that bit of reporting, but yeah, the way I read it, I read between the lines. It sounds like the cops set up little Melvin because they were upset that the, the top and, you know, most violent drug dealer in town was too good at his job and they couldn't get him legally. So they had to break the law to get him. And I'm sorry, I don't care what the crime is, but once you've broke the law to catch the criminal, you're the criminal. Mr. Cop, Mr. And we Federal do see those... Mr. Whoever, you know, that now now you're the criminal, you know? And and we do see those lines cross in mm-hmm. in the first season and then further and further um um and um so go like and going over the show too. It's it. it I, I one thing I really enjoyed as because uh, I think I got into it right. I discovered like the second season. I, I somehow this happens to me a lot. Like I just watched like the very ending montage of the show. It was just on HBO. And um, one thing about the wire, you know, I learned later is like there's no music in it. It's all uh, what what is it called? Diegetic, Diegetic or just yeah. the music diegetic it's just like whatever's happening in the scene like in the world that's the music there's no soundtrack or whatever it becomes very hypnotic by the way you know what i mean because like there's certain i don't know like something about the ambient sounds like you know uh spoiler alert again but like in that one scene where you see no it's not a spoiler technically with that one scene where you see the couch that couch we've seen like throughout Mm -hmm. all of season one and now it's empty and the sound of kids playing, and it's like that's all you oh, need. Yeah. You don't have to say no. A word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just and the so, sound I mean, of kids playing and the empty couch, and I'm like, oh god. 
<laughs> you know, like that broke that busted me down, man. It broke me, man. Uh, and, and it is that's and another saved, thing. It's, well, they it's saved one of the their most emotionally one... wrenching, like pieces of media. Like you know, I I don't like tear jerkers. I don't like I, I don't like stuff that feels emotionally manipulative. But this doesn't. It doesn't feel like a Hallmark tear, tear jerk. Like, I hate that stuff. I'll watch it sometimes and I'll cry at some stupid movie and I'll be like, I hate this. This is stupid. And they have manipulated my emotions, but I like catharsis, so I'm going to leave it be. That's not how the wire feels. It's not, it's not tricking you into feeling a certain way. It's you just become emotionally invested in these characters for better and worse. And, you know, it's it's genius how it draws you in like that, because, like I said, it humanizes people who you who are difficult to humanize. And it, uh, uh, you know, it forces you to understand things that that like maybe aren't like justifiable. There's a difference between like justification and understanding, I think. Right. Like, you know, when I hear about like, oh, this school shooter and he was mercilessly bullied all his life, like. You know, I, it's not justified, obviously, but I understand, you know, it's like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like it's, it's a double tragedy. Right. And I think that's one of the things that like the wire sets up really well is that, that a lot of these things are tragedies on multiple levels. Uh, and that's just the way it's set up. That's the way the system works. That's, you know, um, it's, it's, it's almost automated to a certain to a certain degree. Yeah. And the fact that they, they don't have anything um, other than like what's, what's happening in front of you and what, what the sounds you hear in that moment when they save up to, for um, the one or two times they actually do play music. That's the kind of craft stuff where it just sort of landed on me. Like, yeah, this is, this is incredible. And, Overall, like with this show, it's 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 very hard to like watch it. And like, you know, if we're like, OK, we're going to talk about the first episode and I'll see things in like right off the bat in like the the first scene when they're all in court, like that reverberate out to like shadowing the very and, end yeah. of the season. Yeah. And, and and there's so much going on. And that's why it's it's a show that rewards yeah, that first season there's there's a bookends effect for sure you know but it's a bookends it's not quite bookends because there is it's an arc you know what i mean like and mm-hmm. it's about conscience it's about a uh, it's about awakening uh responsibilities and uh it's like a lot of the main characters are changed forever in you know in the early episodes setting it up and then by the end of the season they are either changed or on their way to change or, you know, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, uh, as a writer, like uh, I'm jealous, I'm, I'm jealous as far as the like fiction plotting going. Oh man. Like I wish that I could write fiction like that. That's cause it's just, it really is like in, and in parts, like it almost feels like, you know, there's in, in some cases, especially in the first season, I'm noticing like there's, uh, like that Greek tragic fatalism comes into play in some places where you see like something, it's like, oh, wow. Yep. That's where it happened. There is no turning back from that character now that this has happened. And it may be just like one little thing that like, it's, you know, it's way on down the line before they'll realize 
that what they just did, what they just said, you know, who they just came into contact with or met, like where that will indelibly uh, change, you know, completely change the course of their life, uh, you know. But yeah, that's uh, like the the way things are set up, the the way things kind of like there's a symmetry to it. And like I said, the dialogue's excellent. Like there's just, it, there's a lot to love there, honestly. And it does the thing too, where it teaches you um, uh, a lot about, you know, both sides of, you know, uh, like the, the war on drugs, like how police are, you know, you know, trying to work out cases or even not even like drug cases too. And, um, and then on the other side, like, you know, the logistics of everything, but without, without, you know, with the exposition just coming from like how people are doing their jobs and when like, you know, I know like one scene that we'll talk about is probably the most brilliant scene of writing is, uh, when two detectives are investigating the scene and the only words they say are fuck. And it's just them looking at everything and putting it together. Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If there's I ever like, like, yeah, like watch, I remember when there was like, the here's one scene detective. I'm going to send to somebody yeah. and be like, this is, here's how good the wire is in terms of interesting <laughs> writing. It's that yeah. scene. Ironically. Like well, the, the, the scene, especially seeing the homicide detectives work. Cause it is often like, uh, it, it reminds me, you know, I got in my notes somewhere like that. There's something like, you know, like, when you close the door in 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 a cert, uh, you know uh, in a surgical procedure is going on when something happens when you've got a group of people and they become one you know and they're acting as one unit not as individuals anymore and it's like there's something kind of it's like a ballet or a symphony there's something kind of beautiful about that and i do i love the you know like seeing them like work backwards and often it is you know it's like uh, there's a lot that that you know uh, they don't sp- they don't spoon feed you uh, in the wire either, which uh, I think you know you got to work for it. You know, uh, there's stuff that you would miss, uh, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seeing the way the 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 homicide cops, especially seeing them operate, there's just something like you know it's kind of uncanny because it's like oh I get that yeah because like they, they they've learned how to operate they've learned how you know what you look for and wait, wait, you know, and they got the tape measure out and all this kind of, you know, it's, I don't know. It's really fascinating to me seeing the, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of inside the, you know, how the sausage is made or whatever on a, uh, on a homicide investigation. Now, what we really need is someone to just completely like, you know, be, uh, bring this sort of level of experience from the intelligence world and, oh, and, and some sort of deep parapolitics. Um, um, I was talking you to know, a guy because this weekend and it's a maybe it's a maybe I can't, I can't say, uh, I, well, I, you know, I'm not going to go into details because like right now, like, you know, we're just talking about no. another project and I brought that up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, did an initial call with him this, this weekend. And one of the things I brought up after we're sitting here talking about, you know, his Intel career and whatnot that, uh, you know, uh, he's now in the private sector again, but, uh, but yeah. And then I bring, I was like, wait, 
are you a fan of the wire? <laughs> He's like, Oh yeah, I love the wire. And, and you know, oh, I've been to Baltimore too. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So, so fingers crossed on that one. I tell, you know, I tell, I was like, okay, well start, start watching again. Tell me what episode you like, you know? So yeah, fingers crossed. Cause yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think this guy would be a very interesting potential guest. Like, uh, you know, we were sitting there talking for a while and, uh, like, you know, uh, learning, learning a little bit about JSOC and, and, you know, what it's like to be a CIA con- subcontractor and this kind of, it's, yeah, he was an interesting dude. So fingers crossed. Uh, when this goes live, I will totally send it to his Skype. I'm going to be like, Hey, I didn't mention your name and we don't have to. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, Get it? Yeah, the more we can get people with insiders and insights, or mm-hmm. um, that can even speak to you know any any side of this, because um, one thing that I'm I I know I want to bring to analyzing it is like I said, the stuff that isn't in the show, at, you know, like as much as it calls out things that are important or what's in between the lines of certain things, but. You know, the stories that I'm getting, you know, when I'm thinking about The Wire now and how it brought so many stories to your attention, like, oh, this is how things can go for people Mm -hmm. that come into the system and and this and that. It's like the stories I'm hearing about, like how often um, attorneys completely steer their clients in the wrong direction um you know like their their own attorneys because or how because it's it's they, people you know, are they all golf together let's all the public defender like and the prosecutor do, you know? like, they all golf together you know and you got to work in this town you know and that's how things are done in this town because there is only one town man you know the town where it goes like that you know and uh, like there's a macro and a micro level of corruption but yeah that's it's pretty much you know, it's pretty much the same all over, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that that's a level of, um, cynicism that isn't necessarily in the, in the wire fully. There's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's, you know, some, you know, bad people at the top here and there, but ultimately like, you know, we'll limp along and get better or won't. I don't know. It's like, trying to figure out how, if the wire is cynical enough or um, just uh, you know, the right I've amount seen, or not too what's much. What's funny is you, you can't win there anyways. Like I, I one of the yeah. complaints I've seen multiple times well, the wire is very good at pointing out the problems, but it doesn't pose any solution. Oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to solve the problems of the world too. Not just point them out. Oh my God. I'm going to get right onto that. Hey, Hey, we'll be right back. Solving the problems of the world. Let's see. We got cancer. We got war. We got famine. Uh, yeah, give me a minute. It's going to take a while. That is not. <laughs> that know? is not a fair criticism. If unless exactly. David Simon's mission was to like, I know what'll solve Baltimore. Want you know? No, he was being a di- He was being a diagnostician. Uh, as far as the whole issue with you know complaints. For for Simon, you know, you didn't solve the problems of the world. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, as for me, I like I myself am always way better at noticing an error or a problem than posing a solution. I wish I could do both. You know, 
I wish I could do both and make it a movie or TV show that's incredibly entertaining and, you know, helps people see a different, you know, part of the world than they, than they would have, uh, uh, come to otherwise. But you know what? Like, you, you, you do what you can with what you got, you know? And so, yeah, the, the idea of like a complaint with the wire being like, Oh, all you did was point out various systemic issues without solving them or, you know, proposing a solution. Well, I mean, you know, there's the flies. If you know where the fly swatter is, please get them. But I did point them out for you, you know, or, right or I would say he probably faces an equal amount of criticism from the other side, which is like, you didn't point to, you know, like, you know, this systemic issue, like all oh, it's capitalism or yeah. Or the fact that like, you know, as much as, um, the drug war is looked at cynically by everyone kind of involved. Like, Oh, it's just a thing we do. Like no one's taking the time to scratch beneath the surface. Like, why is this happening? Why, was why, this why is there motion? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it's going to come from a lot of sides, I think for sure. And, and something that, that, you know, over and over again, I keep remembering something that I, I do deeply believe that in most cases, and hey, don't get me wrong, they're obviously sociopaths and psychopaths in the world. But I think for most people, most people are not that. And most people who like lose their conscience or stop caring about people. It's done so to protect themselves, you know, after after you get beat down and you realize, wow, I'm too sensitive. I've got to, you know, um, but, uh, you know, it having having a heart, having a conscience can be a liability in the world. But, you know, that's absolutely no reason to, you know, uh, fall for the whole, you know, because I, I think that's another thing that we see over and over again in the show that. Like you could call that cynical, uh, but, but it's real, you know? And, and yes, absolutely. Like, you know, the, the whole idea of the war on drugs, you know, like drugs seems to be winning, you know, ever since we started the war on drugs, I noticed that the drugs are winning, you know, like maybe if we had a war on the causes of drugs, you know, because there are there are reasons why people use drugs there. And there's no one reason. There are many reasons. And there are lots of issues that lead people to. Uh, but but I truly believe that given better options, people will choose better, will choose better options, you know, like. But that's the whole thing about options. You know, you only choose what you get to choose from. And when you don't have great options to start with when you can't even imagine a better life than whatever you're stuck in, then, then yeah, like you, you can, you can end up in a bad path. Like, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 I call it, uh, the, the gift of a, of a sordid past, you know, in my, in my teens and in twenties, you know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I went through, like, you know, uh, I, I did some, I guess you could call it experimenting. No, it wasn't experimenting. I became a junkie for a little while. Okay. Like, you know, there's, there's playing around in the kitchen and, and in the lab. And then there's no, like, you know, waking up with your hand, like, why is my hand all cut up? Oh, right. 
because when the crack pipe breaks and you push the Brillo, yeah, because you're a little crackhead. You're a literal crackhead, Phil. That's why your hand is bleeding when you wake up in the morning, you know? Uh, and like, how did I end up there? Well, you know, like uh, some bad stuff. I didn't, I didn't want to end up in the projects pushing a Brillo, you know? Like, but I did. I ended up there and thank God I worked my way out of that situation. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like a lot of that bad stuff that happened in my, you know, in my teens and twenties, like, I, I feel like it was, if not necessary, at least enlightening, you know, like, uh, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, Hunter Thompson earlier, like what's that line about chalk it up to forced consciousness expansion. You know, like that's kind of how that's kind of like how I feel about a lot of that stuff. Like I, I saw some things, man. I saw some things I'd rather have not seen. But, you know, now that I've seen them, you know, I know I, I know what's behind that door. You know, you never best, forget. That's the best any 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 of us can hope for is if you go through any kind of shit, whether it's addiction, uh, abuse homelessness Um, poverty yeah or even if you go through like coming to terms with the fact that like you were the abuser you were like Mm -hmm. you know um someone who needed to um seek amends and redemption you know the best you can hope to go through that is not to say you know well uh it was good that it went through because of that but like it like well i here's i have some wisdom because of that right exactly yeah 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 like like i like given the choice to redo some of those experiences of course i wouldn't but you know amor fati or have you pronounced the latin i love my fate uh i don't love my fate but i'm going to say i love my fate until i believe it you know (laughs) but yeah no everything that happened to me is what made me me and you know that that's that's another thing about empathy like i believe that uh going through pain and hardship, it usually pushes you one of two directions. Either you learn to turn off your emotions or you become more empathic uh, as uh, empathetic as a result. And I'm very thankful that in my case, I became uh, more empathetic. Now, does that mean I'm an easy mark sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Like, you know, uh, like they see me coming from a mile away. Oh, look, here comes a mark. Uh, get your sad story ready. <laughs> All his pocket changes ours now. I get it, you know. Like I, I wouldn't trade it though. I wouldn't trade it. No. Like I would rather. I would rather hurt sometimes than not feel. Uh, that said, as I've said before, now if I was given a choice, like if somebody said, "Here's the button," and you press this button, and you won't hurt anymore, and you won't have to think about that stuff anymore. Uh, and then the the corollary to that, of course, is well. Then you know it's like the line from uh, uh, Citizen Kane. You know, oh, it's easy to make a million dollars if all you want to do is make a million dollars. You know, it's like once you stop caring about what you're doing to the world and 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 to people around you, then that can be. I'm sure that can be a very liberating experience and and make you know climbing the ladder. Uh, a lot easier you know that's another thing that we see in the wire over and over again like where people are forced to make a choice okay do i advance my career or do i fight the good fight you know so so yeah now like well people people adopting this the the cynicism necessary to to survive or or 
wrapping themselves in cynicism because that's how you know they they it's are a coping be, mechanism yeah it's a coping yeah. mechanism like Armor. you say like one of the things that was disturbing about Rawls as a character is that he just wants you know to satisfy what it, the system expects of him so that he yep. can rise in rank and and make his bosses happy he um and then you see on the flip side of that it's like well how does um, Avon Barksdale and Stringer Bell rise from being two poor corner kids? Well, they mm-hmm. they are the most ruthless and dominate the, the right. game, and they they it's like someone's going to do it, so I got to step up and right. perpetuate the cycle. And I think that's you know that's why you know you say like, well, what is this when people if people are going to criticize the wire and say what's what's the solution and. You know, you could say that of like any, you know, like, like, you know, my reporting, like, you know, like a publish like this awful story or that. And it's like, what's the solution? I do think like the predicate to any solution is, is awareness and consciousness. Um, <clears throat> just like if we're actually going to solve the drug war, um, well, we do need everyone to be conscious of its origins. Um, and if we're going to fix political corruption then we need to fully understand like the 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 breadths and depths of corruption that's possible in our current system uh and if we haven't done that then how are we ever going to have a solution that makes sense or anyone's going to agree on because we don't have a shared reality mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and and that's that's something that that's you know gets to me a lot is like i feel like so much of the world is tied up along these partisan lines and it's set up that way to get us groundlings fighting against each other so that we don't realize that we have a common enemy maybe you know like divide and conquer it's literally one of the oldest strategies in the book of war you know like the the oldest strategy of war is just deception you know like that's like but but right after deception is divide and conquer that's like the basis of all uh, uh of all warfare is pretty much you know you you know break up break up any opposition uh before they have a chance to you know amass against you etc uh so so yeah it's you know like you know i i don't know like like i feel like uh i, I always found it ironic that like when it comes down to it you know, uh, whatever you want to say about like the Tea Party and how they may have been like, or were likely, you know, uh, powerful interests behind them and pushing that and, and Occupy Wall Street and how it ended up maybe compromised, et cetera, et cetera. Like, regardless of all that, w- one thing that makes me interested is it's like, you know, you, you guys realize that you're on two sides, but like, you got some of the same issues that we could like, we could join could we join up for a minute, you know, just on these issues that we all agree on, you know, that like, so it's, it's so frustrating when you think about how much two thirds to three quarters of America agrees on, but Congress doesn't like that, you know, I think, like most well, Americans don't seeing, want war, you know, most Americans like would who... like to decriminalize weed, but you know, that doesn't matter because, because Congress doesn't want that. Uh, what, what do you think this is? Some kind of representative democracy? Who, who do you think you are? A constituent of a re- of a republic? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and what I, I just 
keep seeing over and over and over again is um, people, once you strip away the partisan shit and you just talk about actual problems, there's a whole different conversation that happens than if you're trying to defend this side or that. And I don't care if it's you're actually defending Democrats or Republicans or being a liberal or a conservative or even a communist and, and when whatever is most opposed to communism, you know, like a libertarian and, 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 um, the, the, the great thing about the wire too, is that it, is it brings it down to that, like, these are individual problems and, 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 and it does try to divorce that from ideology. But, uh, one thing that I think is like messes people up with all these encampments is, at some point, you know, a lot of them, if they're, you know, you're raised in a Republican enclave or more right wing side, you're way more going to be shown and aware of the bad shit that the Democrats do or the people that aren't in your camp. And, it, and this right. is like true of like, you know, like your, your book on like pedophilia, like people would think like, oh, it's it's this group or that, or it's just the Catholics or that mm -hmm. it gets back to that, like understanding like, no man, this is shit is happening everywhere. And the right. enemy of your enemy is not always your friend. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So sh shit. So, I mean, we're on uh, you know, like closing in on, I, I think like the third hour we've been speaking and hopefully didn't lose the, re the recording of the first chunk of that. But um, yeah. So I think, I think we've, we've teased everything um, at least at the very, at the very least we've teased how much we are enthused to just talk about the show. And the only reason I want to like stop talking is because I'm like, I'm going to start getting into my stuff for episode one. If we start dipping into like very specific points I have about all these episodes <laughs> and I've already brushed on one or two of them. So yeah. uh, if you've come this far, I hope you'll come a little further and uh, in the links in the description, I should have everywhere where you can subscribe and follow us and, and keep track because this is something that um, I'm looking forward to is just sort of a side hustle to take my head out of the awful real stories I'm working in right. and, and maybe to use this as a way to like talk about some of them to some degree, but um, ultimately yeah, to, to take time and, and appreciate and deconstruct a show I really love. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to do it with, with you and to bring in, all sorts of guests into this world oh, yeah. with the kind of insights that I fun. think make the wire so great. I think, yeah, I, I, I think we might be onto something here. Like, like, uh, you know, I'm not saying we're going to get a million downloads or, uh, you know, or whatever, but no, I think this is going to be something very fun and valuable to us and a few people at the very least. And you know what, what more can you ask for? This is going to be fun and valuable for us and a few other people too. I mean, just fun and valuable to the two of us would have been fine for me. <laughs> but, like, I'm pretty sure some other people might get something out of it, too. So, hey, bonus. <laughs> I hope to deliver, like, what I think is the bare minimum any podcast should give you, which is something that will make uh, the time pass a little quicker while you're doing a chore, which yeah, allows yeah. you to listen to headphones. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And with that bar, I don't think we can fail. <laughs> Unless right. we just screech and stutter for an hour and a half. And I think we, we proven to ourselves we can at least talk for a solid three to four hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I said, that first the that first Zoom call. We sat for like five hours. Like five <laughs> hours just sitting there. And you gotta understand, man. Like, like I said, I, I only smoke in my bathroom. So that was five nicotine free hours for me. That's not just five hours, man. That I take that as a deep, like, deep compliment. That's, that's, what, that's when you know you got something there. When you can keep me busy for five hours not thinking of a cigarette. Like, yeah, we, we, we got something here, boys. <laughs> no, that, that, and that, 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 that's, that first Zoom call struck me as a special thing, too, because for the same reason where I was just like, I just talked for five hours. Like, I invited him in to chat with me and, and another friend about something like oh we can check about this real quick and then he didn't speak at all and you and I at some point he's like well I have to go but you guys just right. keep yeah. carrying on <laughs> yep. so uh, yeah I think it, it's, it was definitely it was meant to be in, in the stars that mm-hmm. we should, should just do a fucking podcast if we can roll that hard might as well do it on something that we both love and Absolutely. probably linking it up to a lot of shit we hate Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A a, fun, a, 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 a something of a fun way to deal with some not fun things. Like that's you know, hey, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm down for some catharsis. Let's get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs>